When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So take a good look at my face You'll see my smile looks out of place If you look closer it's easy to chase The tracks of my tears Hey, this is Steve Balton, and you're back on My Turning Point, where this week, co-host Sage Bava and I are beyond excited to welcome the legendary Smokey Robinson. We are talking about one of the greatest songwriters of all time, the guy who just casually mentions being friends with the Beatles' George Harrison. Smokey has led an incredible life. What an honor to have the great Smokey Robinson on the show. So you have myself and my fellow journalist and fellow fan who got to be with me at Music Hairs. Sage, and we're both incredibly honored to speak to you. It's uh, such a joy. First of all, congratulations on the new record. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. I mean, it's an interesting thing for you. At what point did you sort of jump into the process and realize that after, what, it's been 14 years since all new original material, was there a moment that sort of kickstarted the record for you and you said, all right, this is time for this new album? Um, I don't know that there was a moment, you know, I, I've been working on it now for about probably five years or, and, and there's one song on there that, that I've had that I was going to record many, many years ago, about 20 years ago, really. And, uh, I, I just, I just put it aside because I wasn't really doing any, uh, a, a, an original material, uh, album at that time. I, I, I was, I was, I, I was almost taking a hiatus from the studio or something, you know, but I kept it. And when I was compiling the songs that I wanted to put on this particular album, I, I, I heard it back and I said, I'm going to put that on there too. And it's called, um, uh, I keep calling you, but, uh, see, that's so interesting to me because of course songs change greatly over time and they evolve. So it's interesting. Were there things that you heard differently in this song or some of the other songs that even go back five or six years now that you now hear in a different way today? that you have a different appreciation for? I, I, no, I, I don't, you know, I've heard them so many times now, Steve, because I recorded the record while you're working on it, you're hearing it. I've heard them so many times. No, I, I, I you know, I, I work until I feel like I'm going to be satisfied. If I, 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 I don't like to uh, just say, okay, well, that's a mistake or that's something that I don't really like. And then I hear it on the radio <laughs> <laughs> that, that bugs me every time, you know. I I start talking when that part comes up, <laughs> you know. So I try to, I try to be as satisfied as possible when I'm doing music. 
That's interesting. And then I'm going to let Sage ask the next question in one second, but that's very curious to me because look, at what point as an artist did you learn to do that? Because it's very funny. Most artists, and of course you've been around so many, you know, are such perfectionists that they're always going to hear something that they would change. And I always go back to the example of Don Henley from the Eagles telling me that when he hears Desperado, he hears is that they recorded the song when he was 24 and he really wishes he had done the drums differently. So when did you learn to sort of let go of that artist perfectionism that exists or that artist like, I don't want to say let go of the perfectionism because an artist, you always want to do the best you can. But sometimes as an artist, you'll drive yourself crazy being like, I could have done that differently. I could have done this. Steve, that's how I grew up, man. I, I was very, very, very fortunate to meet Barry Gordy when I met him. You know, because Barry Gordy is a a uh, what do you a, a perfectionist personified. You know, he just everything has to be. Barry will do two hundred and fifty mixes on the same song and choose number two. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that's how I was brought up, man, and that's how that's how we were brought up in Motown. At Motown, we used to have creative Monday morning meetings. Okay, at Motown, we were all competitive. Barry has this thing that he put up on the wall and it says competition breeds success. That was his motto on the wall at Hitsville. Okay. We were all competitive, but we were all brothers and sisters there, man. And we critiqued each other's music and helped each other to improve each other's music. Monday morning, we'd have those meetings in Barry's office. No one was allowed in those meetings except for the creative people, the producers and the writers. No salespeople, no secretaries, no nobody except for the Producers and writers were allowed in those Monday morning meetings. They started at 9 a.m. sharp. If you got there at 9.01, you were locked out. Okay, what we did in those meetings, at Motown, if you were a producer or writer and you approached an artist, it didn't matter who the artist was, and say, I got a song that, I like, that I'd like for you to hear, can I record it on you? And if the artist said, yes, you can record it on them, you could record it on them. It didn't matter who had the last number one record on this artist or all that, you know, and, they, and you automatically got the next record. You don't, We didn't play that. You better, if you had the last number one record on this artist, you better come with another number one if you want to get their next record because everybody had access to them. So that's how we worked it. And we would get in those meetings, man. The greatest example I can give you of critiquing each other's music and, and, and wanting it to be the best it could be, even though we're competing with each other, is the tracks of my tears. My guitarist, Marv Tarpley, he's, he's passed on now. He had written that When I wrote with him, he always gave me guitar tracks. He just put his music on the tape and give it to me until I could come up with a song for it. Okay? So I had the music, him playing the guitar, that's all. Nah, 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 nah. And I had that. I must have had it for a month. And finally, I came up with three lines. Take a good look at my face. You'll see my smile looks out of place. If you look closer, it's easy to trace. Trace what? That you're not here anymore. And I am. No, that I miss you so much. No, 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 no. I, just, I went to a hundred of those, man. And then one morning, I'm in the mirror and I'm shaving. And I don't know why, but the thought just came to me. What if a person had cried so much till their tears left tracks in their face? And I said, oh, that's it. So after I came up with that, I said, I can finish this song, which I did. I finished the song. I took it to the meeting. But when I finished it, I, there's a there's a little passage that goes in between the verses on tracks. Right here. I need you, need you, need you, need you. Okay. I 
was fading the song out with that passage. I need you, need you, need you, need you, need you. Need. And so I played it for everybody. And Brian Holland of Holland, Georgia Holland and Barry Gordy said to me, hey, man, what, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean? What am I doing? I said, this is a good song. This is a good track. I said, well, why would you? You got a great chorus. Take a good look at my face. Smile. Look at those of these tracks. And you're going to end it saying, I need you. I need you. I need you. Go back in the studio and re-record it and go out with the chorus. So I did. And it is the track of my tears, you know. So that's an example of what I'm talking about, what we did in those meetings. We were competitors, but we worked for each other also. That's just amazing. Sage, feel free to jump in, but what a freaking great story, man. I, I so appreciate you. Like that for me as a music geek is just so fun to hear. All right, man. It's such an honor to be here and, and get to hear you, Smokey. I'm such an incredible fan. And um, I got to see you perform at Music Cares. Um, and I'd love to ask about um, your, you, you've had so many projects and, and wear so many hats. And um, it's amazing to me how connected you are and your yoga spiritual practice is so inspiring. Um, I'm wondering with this new record, like I'm sure with each project, there's been some some more consciousness um, unfolded in in what you've learned. And I'm wondering if there's what you would sum up with this new project that it would be that would be that lesson. Well, I, I really wanted it to be controversial, honey. That's why I called it Gasms. That's why I wrote the song Gasms, because I wanted it to be controversial. I wanted people to say, well, what is he talking about Gasms? Because most of the time when you say Gasms, People are thinking orgasm. You know, that's the gasm that first comes to people's minds when you say gasm. Gasms is a lot of things, which people, when they hear this song, will understand that because gasms is anything that feels good. It doesn't confine itself to sex. You know, gasms is anything that feels good. So um, people hear, but they, you know, I want it to be controversial. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> yes, wow. I'm wondering more about um, your yoga practice. I know you said you don't do transcendental meditation anymore, but do you have your own routine that you have um, done for yourself or is there specific types? Yeah, honey, I do. Uh, the, the, the yoga that I do is called asana. Asana. And it's, it's, it's putting yourself in the position and holding that position for a few minutes or a few seconds or however, however you're going to time yourself with that position. But it's mm -hmm. positions that stretch the body. Mm -hmm. I recommend yoga for everyone. I really do because stretching your body is so good for the blood flow and for the tendons and the, and the veins and everything in your body. Keeping it stretched out is healthy. Okay. And I especially recommend it for men. There's a fluid that flows from the base of your spine to the base of your brain. And it flows freely in women a whole lot more than it does in men because of the fact that you can get pregnant and your your body comes apart. All of it, so it flows a little free or a little more freely in women than it does in men for longer. Okay, after a man gets to be say maybe twenty five, thirty, like that, you know, it stops flowing as quickly or as smoothly. So men have to be very conscious of keeping themselves straight and uh, stretched out, especially the spine where this fluid flows through. And I recommend that. 
So I've been doing yoga for 30 some years and, I, and, and, and uh, it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me. That's incredible. That's so interesting to me too, though. Can you talk about how that sort of inspires you creatively as well? Because I imagine, you know, look, from talking to so many different artists, every outside interest all flows back into creative people. Mm, okay. Well, I, 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 I didn't. I started doing. I started doing yoga quite by quite by accident. Really, I wasn't planning on doing yoga. Uh, the Beatles, you know, uh, especially uh, George. George was my was my really good buddy. And, and they stopped doing all drugs and everything like that when they met Maharishi Yogi. And they were doing, they, they was drug free and doing the meditation and all that, you know. And my then wife, Claudette, who was my first wife, uh, found out about it. And she said, hey, man, I, you, you ought to try this. Because I, 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 I was smoking, smoking, smoking weed. And she, she thought that I shouldn't be, you know, but it was my choice because I don't drink and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she wanted me to get this, this, uh, to try this transcendental meditation, which I did. I went to a, a meditation center here in Los Angeles. And what they do is they give you a mantra and you say your mantra and stuff like that until it gets you off into this euphoric state. And you, you just sit there and meditate and be euphoric and so on and so forth. Uh, and when I first started, the first, in fact, the first day I went to the center, they gave me a little pamphlet. And one of the things in that pamphlet was yoga. And they were talking about the benefits of it and what it could do for you and for your body and so on and so forth. And that was when I started to do the yoga. I found eventually that I get the same relaxation or the same state of being or the same euphoric wherever I want to be thing from just doing the yoga rather than doing the meditation also. So I stopped doing the meditation and I just do the yoga. Interesting. Okay. Sage, you want to jump in? I mean, all of this is so fascinating to me and it's still, it's funny. It's like, you know, I know it's, it's, how do I want to put this? Right. I've met everyone. I've done every, you know, but when you sit there and say like, oh, George was my good buddy, there still is a sense of awe of the things that you've seen and done. And it's just like, you kind of just shake your head at like, wow. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes Steve, I do. I shake my head and, and, and say like, wow, you know, I do, man, because uh, I, I, I'm very, very, very blessed. I'm living a life that I absolutely love. I'm earning a living doing something that I absolutely love and that I look forward to going to my job, you know? So that's a blessing. I think it's a blessing for everyone. Say thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm curious. I feel like really an incredible writer said to yourself that just like the music just flows through them. It's this connection to like the unknown. And to me, that's what I get from doing yoga is this feeling of connection. Um, I'm curious when, when you were little and you were singing all the time, the first instances of those songs that and that connection that you have to receive, do you recall that or you were too young maybe to even understand you've never known anything different? I, I was too young to know then, honey, because I've been trying to write songs since I was six years old. So I was too young to know then or to understand where it comes from and where, what it was. But uh, as, as I got older, I began to understand what it is and, and where it comes from and the source and, and, you know, and how creative people just get 
that information from the universe, you know, and I think that God gives everybody gifts and some people don't use their gifts. Some people don't discover their gifts. Some people discover them and squander them. But I think everybody gets one. And uh, so um, it's just recognizing the source of it. And after I got older, I did recognize the source of it. And I did recognize the fact that it's something that um, is a gift. You say that and then go back to the story of Tracks of My Tears. And it's like, I think it's a combination of things because you have to be open to it. But also, I mean, again, look like you said, and I love the fact that you said that it happened one day while you were just shaving because it's amazing how many random thoughts occur when you're in the bathroom or like for me, it's walking my dog. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> a lot of stuff goes on. <laughs> a lot of ideas come to the bathroom, baby. <laughs> so it's funny. Did you like at the moment, I mean, how, how many, how long did it take for that one to come in particular? Because yeah, well, how long did that, how many, how many go, go rounds did you go before you finally got the chorus that you wanted? I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, but I know that I had the the track. See, like I said, Marvin would give me his guitar riffs on a track. And I know I must have had it for a couple months before I came up with the first three lines of the chorus. And I guess there was another, at least a couple weeks or so before I was shaving and, 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 and discovered that that was, you know, that happens to me a lot, though. I'll, I'll start something and if it's not going right, I'll put it aside so that I can, till something comes that I think will benefit it, you know? And uh, it, I, I want to write something that's never been written, if I possibly can, and and put something out there that's never been said. Uh, there's there's a thousand ways to say I love you, and I want to use one of those <laughs> that hasn't been used so much, you know. Like Paul Simon says, fifty ways to leave your lover, but <laughs> there's a thousand thousand ways, man. And 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 I want to, if I can possibly say I love you differently than people have heard it, but they still know that I'm saying I love you. I want to do that. Cool. Well, let's go back for a second to, um, oh, I was just going to ask you about on this record, are there one or two moments where you feel like you said something that really stood out to you? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gasms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gasms. I, 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 I don't remember there being a song about gasms. <laughs> and if there was, I'd never heard it. So, yeah, so that's that's the perfect example. So besides that one, is there anything else? Because look, from a writing standpoint, right, you hit something and you're like, oh, I never thought about that before until like, I think talking about connection, a lot of what happens is, uh, you know, what happens, of course, is that you're coming from the unconscious and then things come and you're like, wait, I didn't even know I was thinking that. So were there moments that came back to you where you were like, all right, I didn't know that until I wrote about it? Well, uh, before I, 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 I finished the song Gasms, when I thought about writing a song Gasms, I looked up the word because I wanted to know if it was anything more than orgasm, you know? So, right. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, so I, I do research and, and you know, the, the, the songs coming to you uh, on on different things of where you're not expecting them. Uh, the same thing happened. It's happened to me many times. Uh, one of my biggest songs, Cruising, was the same thing. It was almost the exact same scenario because uh, Marvin 
my guitar player had given me the music for cruising. And I had that music. I had that music for. It took me five years to write cruising, Steve. Five years. Okay. I had that music and it was so sensual. Just him playing the guitar. Nothing else was on that track but him playing the guitar. And I used to let it put me to sleep. That was back in the days when you had cassette players, you know, yeah. and I had it on a loop. And I would have it put, I love that music so much. I wrote two or three songs to his music. Nothing seemed to fit it because it was so sensual and so sexy. And then one day after I'd had that track, man, for maybe three, four years, I was listening to it and I said, I came up with the, with the first three lines, like tracks. Uh, you're going to fly away. I'm glad you're going my way because I love it. You love what? I love that we can fly. I love that I want to do 10 of those or more, you know. And one day, it was in December, and I'm in Los Angeles driving down Sunset Boulevard with my top down, okay? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, man, this is great. It's December. I came from Detroit where winter is brutal. This is December. I'm driving down Sunset Boulevard with my top down. I'm just cruising down Sunset, cruising down Sunset. Who's and down said, let me go back home. I went back home and I put the tape on. And that was when I said, I love it when we're cruising together. Five years. That's amazing. It's funny. Have there been moments for you, though, when you think of stuff that just comes so quickly and easily? Because like Neil Diamond is a friend and we talked about like Sweet Caroline, he told me was a song that just, you know, came from God. But then he told me, I am, I said, almost killed him. Well, yeah, because you do that. Well, my first million-selling song, Shop Around, took me 20 to 30 minutes to write at most. 20 to 30 minutes at most, because I was actually writing it for Barrett Strong, who was one of our artists, and he had had a hit record called Money, That's What I Want. The best things in life are free. And Barry told me, he said, I want you to do an album on Barrett. So I started to do an album on Barrett. And I said, well, money, that's what I want. What do you do with money? You shop. So I wrote Shop Around. I wrote Shop Around in 20 to 30 minutes, man. It's one of those songs just flowed out. And I was so excited about it. I went and I showed it to Barry. And I said, hey, man, this is a hit for Barry. And he said, no, 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 man. I like your voice on this. I said, no, man. Barrett, no you. No, Barrett, no you. We went to, <laughs> you know, that. And he said, he finally said to me, hey, man, go in the studio and record this song on You and the Miracles because I like your voice on this. So I did. Barrett Strong was a bluesy singer. I wrote Shop Around Bluesy. That's how I recorded it on The Miracles of Me. Just because you become a young man. Blah, 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 with a rolling piano and all that, you know. He puts the record out. The record's been out for at least two weeks. It's been on the radio for at least two weeks. My phone rings one morning at three o'clock in the morning. I pick up the phone. I say, hello. It's Barry. He says, hey, man. I say, hey. He says, it's me, Barry. I said, yeah, I recognize your voice, man. I said, what do you want? He said, um, what you doing? I said, I'm sleeping, man. He said, well, shop around won't let me sleep. I said, what do you mean won't let you sleep? He said, you gave it the wrong treatment. He said, you didn't do the right thing by it. It's a good song and you fucked it up. You didn't give it the right treatment. So I'm going to record it over again. I'm going to change the beat. I'm going to change the sound. I'm going to change everything about it. And it's going to number one. I said, what man? I said, the record's been on the air for two weeks. He said, I don't care. It's a waste. So I said, okay, man. I said, great. If that's what you want to do, I'll see you tomorrow. He said, no, I don't mean tomorrow. I mean right now. 
I said, right now? He said, yeah, man, I'm at the studio. I said, Bear, it's three o'clock in the morning. He said, I don't care. He said, you get the group and y'all come to the studio. We're going to do it right now while it's on my mind. We went to the studio at three o'clock in the morning and we recorded Shop Around, the one that you hear, the million seller. And that's what he did to it. But he's never satisfied. That, that's where I got that from. That's what I'm telling you. Record had been out on the radio, Steve, for two weeks. And he changed it. All right, so on Gasms, for you, were there those moments where you were just like, how do I want to put this? What, what are your most satisfying moments on Gasms? Now? My most satisfying moment is now. It's done. I'm finished. It's coming out. <laughs> so that's so far my most satisfied moment. Now, if it gives me some more satisfying moments, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to that. But so far, that's my most satisfying moment. All right. It's interesting, too. We'll wrap up in a minute. But, I mean, what are the songs from this record you're most excited to play live? Well, we're already playing uh, If We Don't Have Each Other because it's a single. It's the first single from the album, and, and it's out now. So we played it twice. We've done two two concerts since it's been out, and we played it twice. So we're playing that. And as they come, then we're going to add them. But are there ones that... Because, look, we all know that songs change when you play them before an audience because the audience decides now what they love. Mm -hmm. So are there songs that in particular you're most curious off this album to see how people respond to them? All of them. Mm -hmm. And I mean that. All of them. I put songs on there that I thought uh, that, that I was satisfied with and I want people to accept all of them like that, if possible. So that's how I feel about it. And I wanted the mood to be so that you could Put it on and make love to your partner. You know, I wanted to, to, to give you that mood. Even the last song I fit in there. Uh, about, about, you know, it's 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 kind of like up tempo, but you know, it would be the last song that you got to <laughs> on the way there. <laughs> nice. I'm gonna let Sage wrap it up because her computer crashed, so she kind of was out for a second. But I want to let her get in one more question. So, Sage, you want to ask the last one? Thank you so it's much. Good talking to you, Steve. Thank you. It's always an honor. Oh, thank you, man. Sage, wrap it up. Yes, thank you so much, Smokey. So with this new music, what are you most excited to share? What is the statement that you feel encapsulates this besides shock and awe, as you mentioned before with the name? What's the undertone that, that and the message? Well, the message in the undertone is always, honey, that you hope people like it. Yeah. Yeah, I hope I hope people like it. I hope people like it as much as I do. <laughs> if they do, I'm in good shape. <laughs> I'm sure everyone will love it. You make well, sense. From your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, since both Sage and I got to be there, we'll make this the last question. But uh, Music Cares, was there a favorite moment for you there? And and man, your tribute to Barry was so beautiful. That was such a sweet moment to just be in the audience and watch. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the whole idea of that was wonderful to me. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, I have received a, a lot of awards, man. And I don't do this to get awards. I mean, you know, it, that's just icing as far as I'm concerned. But um, never with my best friend. And that mm -hmm. was beautiful. I, I think Barry should have every award that that music could possibly give out. Barry started something, man, that um, that the world embraced. And there had never been anything like Motown before that. 
And I doubt seriously if there'll ever be anything like it again. So I think he deserves every musical entertainment award that you could possibly give out. And for me to get an award with him, that was just absolutely beautiful. Cool. Anything that you want to add that we didn't ask you about? No, man. And I, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Oh, please. It was a great honor for both of us. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Steve Balton. You have been here on My Turning Point with co-host Sage Baba and special guest Smokey Robinson. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.